Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 45. I am your host, Eric Vanek. You can find me on Twitter, at EricVanekNFL. And alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Scott Connor. Scott, what's going on, man? Eric, 45. Thanks for having me back for another one. Lots of rookie drafts, warp stuff to talk about. Excited for this week's episode uh, with a multitude of different topics. So hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing pretty good. Everything's uh, going pretty good right now, fantasy-wise. We've got a lot of our rookie drafts going on still. Um, I'd say probably for me and you, most of ours are probably done, but I still have a few that are lingering around for the next month or so. I think I have like one in June, and then the rest are kind of uh, sprinkled out through the rest of May here. But yeah, everything's going pretty good. How's your rookie drafts going so far? Good, not as busy this week, which is nice. I think I have, just looking through at my sheet, and which ones are not completed yet. I would say, I don't think it's quite 80%. I'm at 11 out of 50 that haven't been completed yet. And I think those are probably sporadic over the next month and a half. I have one in like the end of June, a couple more in early to mid-June, and then the rest of them you know, towards the end of May. Uh, early part of June. So probably by end of June, pretty much be all done with rookie season and uh, starting into trade block season two, which we'll talk about a little bit in this episode. But uh, yeah, not as busy this week, which is good. I think I need to start preparing more for that week after the draft because it's just crazy. Not only of us being commissioners of leagues, but drafting. It just feels like there's just constantly something in the inbox during that like seven to 10 days after the NFL draft. So that should almost be the week to take off. I know this year you took off work the week before the draft, but I almost want to take off like the Friday before day two of the draft. And then like the whole next week after that, and just do it that way instead of, you know, taking time off before. Cause that that's honestly the time when I need the most time to sit down and actually work the board Versus, oh, cool, I'm up in another league. Let me just go click pick and not even really like explore what my options might be. So I think I left a little meat on the bone with some of that, just with too many at one time and all of them concentrated uh, in the same week. And, and truthfully, it's partially you and I's doing because most of our leagues went off that week. Like we scheduled all our drafts like Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday. Like we had a new one starting every day, which is fine to manage if it's only one or two, but. For us, it was like all of them. We had one starting, I think, every single day that week, if not multiples. So it just it was a lot at one time, but hey, that's what you sign up for. Yeah, and then on top of that, you got the waivers that probably run the next week, so you got to sit through and, and sift through that, find out how many roster spots you have open so you can go and place waiver claims on these guys. We'll talk about a little bit about that later too, but yeah, I, I could see definitely having the week um, off after the draft so you could do that i think that would probably be a little more beneficial for us in dynasty so yeah i agree with you on that probably could have worked the board a little bit better i think one thing i did pick up that you you were even talking about like maybe a couple days into the rookie drafts like these like late thirds fourths fifths in our deeper leagues like just did not mean anything they were definitely a negative warp value so like i wish i could have seen that more you know, I didn't really see that in our early drafts. I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe, you know, it's not going to be as bad. But I wish I would have taken, like, I did it in uh, one of Way's leagues, and I had, like, 
two thirds, an extra fourth, and two fifths. And I just took all five of them and put them into one deal just to move up my 108 to like the 103 and just threw them all in there so it looked good on a trade offer. And then I like threw in like a, you know, an okay player. I think I threw in Gabe Davis. And I just threw him in there too and moved me up from 108 to 103 so I could get one of the top, you know, five or six studs in the draft. Whereas when you get to like the 106, 107 ish, it's kind of a flat tier. So that was beneficial for me. I, I wish I could have done that in more drafts. So just like taking all these extra picks that I accumulated and moved up more. Another thing I wanted to ask you about just from a commission perspective, we had some leagues that finished like Tuesday night and then the waivers are Wednesday morning. Do you think we should give at least like 48 hours after the draft ends? Or do you just say it's, it's yeah, Wednesday well, wherever it falls, it falls. Even if it's eight hours after the last pick waivers are running. Yeah, we didn't um we didn't run into that in any of our leagues fortunately this year actually. I I think I think we had some leagues that ended on Wednesday like when the waivers ran. I think is what mm-hmm. you're looking at. So we did get like that extra week to do it. Uh but usually that's what we did in the past. We you know if it, you know the draft ends on a Tuesday night, we suspend waivers for one week. It gives everybody a chance to look through it and add in their claims. Yeah, it's it's unfair for people that Oh, hey, we ended at uh, eight o'clock on a on a Tuesday. Waivers run tomorrow, six a.m. You know, it's just uh, it's unfair. So, me and you are usually pretty on top of that, and and don't allow that in our leagues. We'll we'll skip it for a week. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I had one that um, actually ended the day of, and the waivers run at ten o'clock the Wednesday night. So the draft ended like you know one o'clock in the afternoon, and then the waivers ran at ten. They ran. I'm the only one that picked anybody up and then the commissioner reversed it. Oh, no one knew about it. And I was like, it's on the calendar. It's on the calendar. <laughs> There's a reason I, I'm in 50 leagues and I still got the waivers in. Cause when I see, when I get the email that says draft is over, my first thought is wins the waivers, you know? Cause there's probably like at least five, 10 players I want to go put a bid in on. So I went in and put a bid in on them and, I only had one roster spot in that league, but still, like, it was like, yeah, the waivers aren't going to run because no one knew about it. And I'm like, yeah, it was on the calendar. So, as a commissioner, I think you got to communicate that. If you don't, it should be whatever's on the calendar. If you don't fix it and then it runs, because guess who put a bid on a player? Me. And I won the player. And now he goes back in the pool. Oh, he'll run next week. Okay. Well, yeah. Everyone knew what I was bidding. So exactly. I'm screwed now. I don't get anything back for that. It's like, oh, well, sorry. So next week I got to bid what? Like 5% more to make sure I get them. Otherwise, some asshole is going to come in and just bid right over what I bid last week. Yep. And then uh, I had one today in in one of my leagues. They just did the uh, dispersal draft. And then waivers ran today, and of course they forgot to turn the rookies off. And of course we have some genius who's bidding a hundred dollars on Bijan Robinson and a hundred dollars on JSN, and we haven't even had the rookie draft yet. So now they got a now the commission. I mean, it's it's the commission's fault that he's not on top of it, uh, but he should go yeah, back and have to redo listen, all dude, that. Common sense. Like, really yeah, you know, we haven't team. run the rookie draft yet, and you're gonna really bid on these players. Come on. Yeah, that's I get it the commission should turn the button off, but come on. 
Right, yeah, that's- like, have common sense. You know you can't pick these guys up. And if anything, on a $1,000 budget, why are you only spending $100 on Bijan? You were never going to get them anyways. So what was the point? Yeah, that, that'd be one of those where if I'm the commissioner, I'd be like, you know what? If you just bid at 1000 I would understand. But if you – it's almost like you're just dipping your toe in to see if anyone notices – it's like, dude, yeah. come on. That that would that that would just piss me off as a commish. So anyway, yeah, we can I tell like, uh, the commissioners. Yeah, I think like uh the winning top guy was like Foster Moreau at like four hundred and fifty dollars or something. But Bijan went for a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that speaking of waivers, uh Foster Moreau. A lot of lot of picks up of Foster Moreau this week because he said he's sounds like he's gonna be ready. I don't know how much he will actually participate, even though they said he could. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to play this year. So those Foster Moreau drops that I made earlier, premature. But I think you even caught him in some too because it was like if he's not on yep. a team, you're just stuck holding a roster spot for a year. Oh, It's yep. not like – I mean, he's a good player. He's worth holding in a lot of the formats we have. But he's not like a locked-in starter that I know he'll be a starter when he comes back. Like he was a backup tight end that you were hoping signed somewhere to maybe get a better role. And then he doesn't have a team. So he was just going to take up a roster spot. So I cut him. I was like, there's no way he plays this year. He just diagnosed with cancer in March. There's no way he's going to be playing in September. And lo and behold, he sounds like he's going to play in September, but I cut them all. I've picked like two back up, but I cut probably like six Foster Moreau's. And I, I don't know if you did too, but I was like, I can't justify a roster spot on him. He's not going to be on. He's not going to be IR eligible. He's just going to be a, an FA, and I'm going to be eating a spot all year. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, I was the same way. I probably dropped five or six as well. I actually still had like a couple that I just hadn't cut. So yeah, I, I guess I won the lottery on that one. But I think even picking him up, like, sure, I'll pick him up. But it's like he's in the same spot he was last year. Or the, the his whole career, like he has somebody in front of him who's done just as good. Like I don't see him going to New Orleans and being a top twelve dynasty or even redraft tight end this year. Like Jawan Johnson's still probably a better receiver than he is, and Jawan Johnson's just kind of in this secondary role as is. So, like if you missed him and you dropped him and you lost out on you didn't get him back on waivers. Oh well, big deal. There's like 75 of those tight ends in this draft class that you can just re-pick up or draft, you know. Honestly, so. he got picked up because there really wasn't anybody else to pick up once the rookies ran. Right. If your rookies already ran and then this week he was like the one guy available, people picked him up because there wasn't anybody else. So it's like I mean, he's just a victim of like the timing of there wasn't really anybody else to grab. If it's a deeper league where everyone's already depleted all the rookies, people just added them. I saw him go for $450 out of a thousand in one league. Yeah. Just the same here. I think the most I, I bought them for was in our um, offense wins championships league. And that's a start two tight end. We start 15 there and I picked him up for like 18 bucks or something like that. So I was happy with that. Yep. I don't think I picked him up too much anywhere else. I saw a lot, like you said, I saw a lot of people picking him up. Uh, even last week is kind of when it started, not even this week. There was a couple still lingering out there this week. But, yeah, I didn't. Um, I got a couple of them. And, and, like, I mean, do you agree with me that 
his value really hasn't changed at all. Going to New Orleans is kind of like the same, maybe a slight upgrade because maybe he's a little better than Jawan Johnson and he doesn't have Darren Waller in front of him. I think Jawan Johnson's definitely better, but Jawan Johnson's probably not as good as Darren Waller. So that would be the only thing of, okay, maybe he's got a little bit of a better opportunity than he did on the Raiders. Same time, though, I mean, they could have Michael Thomas back. They have Chris Olave. It's not like they have an, a stud quarterback either. You know, they don't have a quarterback where you're like, oh, he's he's going to carry four weapons. You know what I mean? He's a backup tight end. He's probably an injury away. He's probably like a receiver that needs to go down for them to run more two tight end sets. At least Johnson and him don't play the same position, really. But he's a backup tight end. Like he's And you got Taysom Hill there, too, who's going to play a little tight end and be used, too. Yeah, he's just a he's a usable player that should be rostered. That's about it. Anything right. more than that, it, it's not the same as you were hoping he signed in free agency with like Cincy or something like that. Then you'd you'd be able to say, okay, he could maybe be a starter. But no, he's not that. So move on. And yeah, like start two tight end leagues, one point seven five or two point per reception for tight ends. It's probably the only leagues I want to roster him in. I don't. Do you want to roster him in a one point five where you only start one tight end? No, no. So I probably like, have three yeah, guys better than him. Yeah, so it's very, very few leagues that he's even worth having in. So if you did lose him, it's not a big deal. Yep, that's kind of how I look at it. So, yep. <clears throat> All right. So, first topic that we wanted to get into today is uh, the new warp tool that came out from uh, Koopa Troopa. I know you talked about it a little bit on um, Destination Dynasty this week. Um, You've been playing with the tool here, so I'll kind of let you um, go into what you wanted to talk about with this one um, on the uh, the warp tool. Yeah, so I mean, I'll give a plug. Uh, it's Dynasty Koopa or Koopa Troopa Eight on Discord. So Dynasty Koopa on Twitter, Koopa Troopa Eight on Discord uh, is the founder, creator, proprietor of the tool. Uh, you can find it at SouthHarmonFF.com. Literally just click on the button that says warp and it'll take you to it. It's uh, you can buy it monthly, $7. I would urge anybody to just give it a try for seven bucks. If you don't like it, if you've listen, if you've plugged all your leagues in there and gotten what you want out of it, cool. You know, there's a reason there's a monthly option. So what I'm trying to do is we're not going to do a whole episode on it. I know people are like, Oh, do an entire episode on warp. We've had, no less than half a dozen conversations since Destination Dynasty come out in the Discord about warp and how to use it, how to bring it to the masses without completely just bogging down people with the idea. Uh, one of the biggest pushbacks on it is that it doesn't help you identify players, which is true. You can look back at historical warp for a player, but all you're getting is just a total number. A cumulative number for a season. It doesn't necessarily show you the distribution of the number. Uh, and it also really doesn't show you anything that you can say, okay, this is going to happen next year just because it happened in the past. So it's not predictive. And unless you're looking at it from a best ball lens, which is what we're going to do today, just for an example to everybody, it can be misleading. You know, people can go, oh, I'm going to do a startup. I'm just going to look at the warp chart and just draft high warp player after high warp player after high warp player. Well, first of all, that was in the past. It's not what's going to happen in the future. 
But the other thing is, I'll just ask you this question. So you can follow along. You can kind of be the guinea pig for me trying to be one of the voices in the space that is bringing warp kind of to the mainstream or to, to where a lot of people can figure out how it can help them. So if I told you the definition of warp is essentially the wins above replacement or wins over a replacement player in your league and zero would be the baseline to where you would be getting zero wins if you had everybody that was at that level or below. So you can understand that if you had zero warp players at every spot, assuming all the players that were above them were distributed evenly across the league, which again, that's not always the case either. How many leagues are you in where there's three or four teams that have a lot of good players above what fits in their lineup, right? In theory though, if everything's balanced out, if you just had zero warp players, you would never win a game. You'd never win a game because you'd be like the baseline. So you can calculate it that way. There's other calculators that do it a little bit differently. They pull from like the middle of the spots. They say like kind of like the median average or somewhere in the middle of like, if I can start two QBs, you're looking at the middle of each one of those spots. So like your QB one and your QB two, because really you want to be above average, right? Assuming that half your league is average. You want to be above average. If you're talking about, I want to make the playoffs. So the number doesn't really matter. It's more about how you're using the number to talk about relative to the rest of your league. But if I just said, you want to have as much as this thing called warp on your team, Eric, you could just draft blindly and you could say, okay, highest warp player in this league. I just pulled up a best ball league, our USFFL sleeper league, our best ball league uh, that we have on sleeper. It was our fourth one that we did. Just pulled up the warp from last year. This is a league that's point per carry, Kind of a little bit juiced QB scoring, not too much, but you know, just a little bit. Uh, and then it's point per target and it's two PPR for tight ends. So with that scoring, I can show you this warp chart and say, okay, Eric, the top warp player, Patrick Mahomes, over three warp. So essentially he's giving you 3.15 wins over the replacement player that you would put in his place, right? And you could just say, okay, Eric, go draft the best team you can. And you could just go down this list and just take player after player after player with the highest warp. Even if I showed you a tool that said projected warp. Because you could probably run a model or a simulation with projections and spit out what the projected warp would be, right? You could do that. What would be the flaw, though, if I said, Eric, just go pick your team and pick the most warp. Whoever has the most warp wins, because that's basically what it's saying. Whoever has the most wins, wins, right? What would be the flaw in that strategy, though? What could you be like, well, that doesn't make sense. Is there anything you can think of? And if you don't get it right away, I'll, I'll kind of give you the hint of what I'm hinting towards. <clears throat> well, the first thing that comes to me is just injuries. And, and I know that's probably not what you're getting at, but injuries you know, affecting in there would change everything. And then kind of if, if it's dynasty, like, and the highest warp players are all the um, older players, like, I don't want to do that for a dynasty league. I don't want to have, you know, be taking Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey and all these other older players with every single pick. Otherwise in a year or two, my warp's going to literally be zero because I'm not going to have anybody good. You know, they're all going to be retired from the league or not relevant anymore. So that those are the two that come to my mind. Okay. So that's actually another point we'll get to here in a second. Uh, but even simpler than that, Especially, and I know we play a lot of best ball, 
a lot of the, the DD leagues and stuff are best ball. But if you're talking non-best ball, you can have the three top warp players in the league. In theory, you could have Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow on your team. Right? Right. Are yeah. you really getting the warp from all three of them every single week, though? No, not from the quarterbacks, no. Nope, because you can't you, start them all. You cannot start them all, yeah. So, that's just the most basic thing to say. You are limited by the parameters of your roster construction. You are limited by the number of roster spots. You're limited by the number of starters that are on your team. Like all of that is calculating or calculated when you're getting the warp numbers, but there's a limitation. So when I look at this and we're using an example, that's best ball, best ball. It does take out the component of, I never have to worry about when I'm starting the players because I'm getting the optimal result every single week. So in theory, the warp that I'm getting I'm obtaining a lot, if not all of that warp because it's best ball. So that's the first thing. Non-best ball, it's trickier because, yeah, sure, a player might have had a high warp, but we're not adjusting it for how often they were actually in your lineup. In a start 10 with 30-man rosters, you could have the highest warp team, but you might not have put them in your lineup, which is we go back to Jordan McNamara's book. I think it was AOD 2020 or AOD 2019. I can't remember which one it was, but he talked about a warp, which is essentially adjusting the warp for the start rate of the player in Dynasty. The problem is we don't have concrete sit-start data for Dynasty because all these leagues are different. They're different settings, different numbers of starters, point per carry, two PPR for tight ends. Like there, there isn't a percentage. You know, you can't just use like, okay, I'm going to use ESPN sit-start rate that week for a two PPR start, two tight end league. Like it's totally different. So we don't have anything that can really say the true warp in a lineup league in this league, sure, there's a total number, but there isn't really an, a, like an adjusted number to say how much I actually got out of it. Like, how much did I take advantage of the warp that I had on my team last year if I don't measure when it was in my lineup and when it wasn't? So this, this leads me to, I think, the place you start with warp. I know that was like five minutes of just blah, blah, blah. But I think when you're going to start using this tool, the first thing you do is you go back to my roster construction series, the one I did with Mike and Adam, whatever you're playing in, or if you have somewhere else where you're getting roster construction advice or you're coming up with your own, I don't care. Warp helps you kind of reaffirm what you want your roster construction to be. It, this graph that you can pull up, it's literally titled Warp Graph. You can pull it up and it just gives you a ballpark of like, here's the distribution of the warp. And in best ball, it's easy because it's like, that's exactly what happened last year. This graph that I'm sharing with you on the screen is literally what happened last year. And you can kind of match that up with what your preconceived notions of what those players should have been versus what they actually are. Now, this is a point per carry, 0.25 point per carry and 0.25 per first down. And I think the one thing you and I both noticed is, damn, the warp with a lot of those like grinder running backs is pretty high. If you got a lot of touches, even if you can't catch passes, even if you didn't get a lot of yards, like if you just got a lot of touches, a lot of carries, like you had a higher warp than... Yeah, like Jamal Williams and Ezekiel Elliott were higher than Justin Herbert. Yeah. 
Yeah, and because so. Justin Herbert, you know, he was like QB 13, QB 14. He was in the middle of the pack. Yep. Yet you had these running backs that were above him. Now, does that mean you would trade Justin Herbert for Ezekiel Elliott and Jamal Williams? No. No. But the idea was you you would look at this and your one takeaway would be, okay, if this is 32-man rosters, which is what this league is, we have it set for 37 in the offseason. But if it's 32-man rosters, you're looking at this warp graph and what's the first thing you're probably saying? I should probably have a shit ton of running backs. Right, right, for sure. You know, That kind of was my first thought, yeah. Yeah, this emphasizes the any running back on a 53. Now it's best ball. So think about how tricky point per carry, point per first down is in best ball. Because now you're weighing like, I want to get as many of the Jamal Williams, Zeke's, Deontay Foreman's, but I don't want the guys that are so shitty that they're not even getting any touches. Even though they might be the next man up to get touches, you don't want to be storing seven of those guys on your team, right? Because they're just giving you a zero. I would rather have a dart receiver in that case. Even in a point-per-carry league, I would rather have a dart receiver instead of a running back that is an injury away from even being active on game day. Lineup league, we would roster the injury away running back because he doesn't need to be in my lineup. I'm only starting 11 or I'm only starting 12. Who cares if he's the 29th player on my bench? Big deal. It's a zero regardless. So that's where you have to balance in bus ball where to take these players. I can sit here and tell you, Eric, you probably want to have, and there is a roster construction tool on here that'll kind of tell you how many you want to carry. What it doesn't tell you is where you want to distribute that. So I'm sharing with you the roster construction uh, calculation right now. It says, now this is adjusted for 37-man rosters, but even if you eliminate that, it says nine running backs on here, right? Right, yep. But but you probably only want to go down a certain level at those running backs. You don't want half of those to be Zonovan Knights and Ronald Jones because they're mm-hmm. probably getting zeros. So you're you're looking at this going, okay, I need to be very specific in the range I get the running backs. I don't need to pay up for Brees Hall, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go as far down as Ronald Jones and Zonovan Knight. And also it says four and a half quarterbacks, and in, a, in one of these types of leagues – you're lucky if you get three quarterbacks, you know, that's pretty standard. So I think having like four or five quarterbacks is probably not doable either. I Well, and this is, it's funny you say that because if you go back and listen to that roster construction series I did with Mike and Adam, we talked about our optimal optimal. Isn't what you can get, but what you want right. was four quarterbacks, four right. to five quarterbacks. Now, one of those is probably Taylor Heineke, who might get five starts, but he's not going to start all year. Another one of those might be Mike you know, White, yeah, Sam Howell, someone like that that's not guaranteed to start right. all year. Then you might have a crusty starter as your third, like a Tannehill, and then you have a good quarterback and then a stud. Like right. it, the way you build it is different. But again, this number does not really care where you're getting those players from. It just says, here's what the distribution looked like. It's for you to now go figure out, okay, last year is not this year. What does the dynasty market look like from an ADP standpoint or a market value standpoint? What does that look like now? And how do I attack that knowing the kind of build that I want to build? On here, it says 13 receivers, basically. It's 12. That's probably right about what you want in best ball, but... How many of those do you really need to spend a lot to get? Probably four or five of those can just be like the last guy on your team, right? That's the filler 
Greg Dortch you pick up off waivers. That can count as one of your receivers. So, like, thinking about it that way, it isn't telling you where to pick players. It isn't telling you who to pick. You have to intuitively kind of figure that out based on the graph, based on, okay, this is what's going to be available in my league. This is what the trade market looks like. And then you brought in another component that we haven't even started to scratch the surface on, which is, like, how much warp per fictional dollar are you getting on the dynasty market? Sure, I'm collecting all this work, but what price am I paying? Which is why I talked about the value of draft picks and what their like true warp value is with the draft pick. In a lineup league, I talked about on DD the other day. Sure, the 206 says it's negative warp. But in a lineup league, it's negative warp for a season. But in a lineup league, the 206 could be worth a running back that gets two or three starts. In those three starts, mm-hmm. guess what? He's in my lineup. Yeah, you could have got Zeke Elliott last year for the 206 probably, and he was positive warp on this. I forget what the exact number is. but Well, he was here, but even in a lineup league, if you mm-hmm. have a negative warp player, and this is what I tried to get home in that show, and maybe I didn't do it enough, just because you have a negative warp player, especially running backs, because we seem to know when to start running backs much better than receivers and, and tight ends even a negative warp running back. I don't care if his warp was negative across the season. I care about what it was in those weeks when I started him. And if I knew the three weeks to start him and two of those, he had positive warp. It was a good play. So the, the, the true value of the draft pick. Okay. Yeah. It says it's negative 0.64. Okay. Well, intuition would say, why would you ever make a third round pick? Well, it, if you're making the third round pick in May and you're trying to guess what that player's warp is going to be for the season, obviously you want it to be positive, but if it's negative, it doesn't mean it's a lost cause. It just means now you have a guy like, I don't know, Dearness Johnson is the great example from 2021 when he had that one game against Denver where he smashed. His warp was negative for the season. But if you only started him one time and it was that game, to you, his his warp was 0% for all those games he was on your bench and it was a hundred percent of that game. You got it. Yeah. I think he scored was it like 17 fantasy points that game too, or something like that. And point per carry was even more. Cause he ended yeah. up getting like 20 plus carries. So the yeah. point was that your actual warp contribution from him was high because he was in your lineup. So I think that's the biggest difference between best ball and lineup. And most people are playing in lineup leagues. So there's this other component that, And we use roster construction as an easier way to make my lineup set themselves without having to go sit there and go, man, I got 17 receivers. I got to pick three. You know, I'm starting four receivers. I got to pick three out of 10. Which one do I throw in there? That we roster construct just to make it easier. It's, It's easier to figure out from a week to week basis how to manage a lineup like that. And in a, in a, a format like this, and even in a PPR format or even a half PPR format, the highest warp comes from those running backs that spot start. They're the cheapest, they're the easiest to get, and they're the highest warp in a single spot start, most likely that you're going to capture when you're putting them in the lineup. So that that was the lesson for today. I mean, I know we could go on and on and on. Uh, I want to encourage people to check this tool themselves, plug in their leagues, just glance at Okay, I'm in a league. It's similar to what Scott talked about on the roster construction series or what Mike and Adam and Scott talked about on the best ball roster construction series. 
and just use your intuition. There is not a perfect solution to this. This is not going to be something that everyone just clicks overnight and you know exactly how to use it. But I think that's the key is marrying historical warp to tell you where it's distributed across your league and then marrying that with the right roster construction based on that data. Put those two together. Now you should know how to kind of optimally construct my team. Then you have to go to the dynasty market and say, okay, I want to construct this way. I need seven more running backs. What is the best way for me to get those? Is that via draft picks that I wait till the season and I buy one in week two, I buy one in week four, I pick one up off waivers in week five, or I make some trades because I have too many roster clogger receivers. Like what is the cheapest way for me to get close to the roster construction that I want to get to. And roster construction is not always the same when you start getting into some of these weird leagues. Best ball, two tight end, two QB, 0.33 point per carry, you know, 2.25 PPR for tight ends. Like they're all over the place. So there isn't a thing where I can just say, yep, here, go listen to this podcast. It'll tell you how to fix your league. When it's a 12 team, start 13. You can start three quarterbacks, two tight ends, like no roster construction series for that. Like you have to intuitively have something you can go to and say, okay, yeah, I kind of see the distribution here. And it's not just the points distribution. It's not, it's better than fantasy points distribution. It's actually measuring the impact relative to the other position players at the same spot. So it's better than just looking at fantasy points. So look at that. Look at your leagues, try it for a month, see what you get from it. I'm certainly uh, sure we'll talk about it a ton more on this channel. It's something we're really going to try to dive into and uh, try to deliver people pieces every single week of just little things they can use to use this better. Yep. Good stuff for sure. Where do, uh, where can they get it again? Uh, plug it again for, for everybody so they can um, go check this tool out, buy it for the season, check it out, all that good stuff. Yeah. Follow uh, dynasty Koopa on Twitter, uh, dynasty K O O P A. Uh, Koopa Troopa 8 on Discord, and then you can find it at SouthHarmonFantasyFootball.com. Uh, you can purchase it weekly or monthly, and I believe it's $6.99 a month. So try it. It syncs with MFL. It syncs with Sleeper. You literally just put in your ID or you put in your league ID or your username, and it'll spit out the warp graph for you know 2021. You can go back, I believe, 10 years. You can go back... Uh, pretty far. You can look at this year over year. So you could almost look at, you know, three or four years in a row and see how it changed. Is there anything that's trending? I haven't even done that. I haven't even looked at like the same league five years in a row. You could probably put those graphs like right next to each other or over top of each other right. and be like, yeah, man, I tight think ends are blowing up or tight ends are flattening off over the last couple of years, you know? When we did the original warp episode for America's game, we kind of did look at that because Jordan had the different years um that were up there on the graph that we were looking at and we kind of saw that it was pretty similar every single year like there was maybe you know one or two differences on the higher end but most of like the middle tier and back end tiers were all pretty same year to year like the the tiers were all the same so uh yeah definitely uh, uh something we can check out some more yeah that's a that's a really good point is you'd be shocked at how little you see movement maybe outside of the very, very top. You know, you get a generational player like Kelsey, Gronk, like the, the tight end warp's going to be super high every year. One of those guys goes away, like maybe it flattens off. But yeah, you look at like the receiver and running back distribution, 
it's, it's very similar. Like it doesn't really change. The players change. Some of the players go up, some of the players go down, but like you can spot trends in here, like the receiver flat period, like that's been there forever. It's, it's year over year over year. The names change, the values of the players within there change, the value of those players relative to everybody else in the dynasty landscape change. Like now people value wide receiver 15 way more than they did five years ago. Wide receiver 15 might as well be like a second round startup pick because people are just obsessed with receivers. But really, that's probably a flaw. Like you look back at the distribution, you're like, yeah, it's really not that not that much different than it was a couple of years ago. So see if there's any trends. Point them out to me because I mean, I always want to look into this stuff and see if there's any way I can, uh, you know, learn something new by looking at this same stuff. Yep, for sure. We can look at these things all day. There's, you know, we could do another hour and a half just on this episode, just looking from year to year. So I agree with you. Pretty cool tool that uh, Koopa made. Definitely worth checking out. So make sure you guys go uh, check that out on Twitter. Um, you know, the South Harmon website that Scott gave. Make sure you guys go over there. You can, like you said, you can get it monthly. So if you want to just do it for in season or even it's probably best to do it before the season, kind of get a value of for your league and see, hey, this is what's trending where I want to, you know, construct my roster. I want to have a bunch of these running backs on my team. So maybe I should go start trading for these running backs now in the off season before your season starts. So that's a good uh, tool to use for sure. So, uh, but let's take a quick little uh, break here. We're going to roll the underdog ad and then we'll be back. We're going to talk a little bit about um, our rookie shares that we got going on right now and some post draft auto accept trade blocks as well. So we will be back on the other side hey destination devi listeners eric here of the america's game podcast and hopefully by now you've heard that underdog fantasy has partnered up with destination devi you want to get in all of these year-long best ball contests and compete with ray garvin ike and gene of the off the line fantasy podcast adam and mike of 4d chess and scott connor and myself at the america's game pod well now is your chance if you sign up with the code america's game all one word you will get a 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars free by underdog fantasy the best part of that though if you deposit at least $10, you will get access to the Destination Devi Discord for free. You'll get it for one full year, and now is the time to do it right before the NFL Draft and get all those goodies that are going on right now in the Destination Devi Discord. And right now, as we know, it is tax money season. Are you getting any money back? Why don't you take $100 and deposit it on Underdog Fantasy, and you'll get a free 100 from Underdog, and you'll get access to Destination Devi. There is no better deal going on right now than that. So use that promo code America's Game, once again, all one word, and sign up today. Now, back to the show. All right, so we are back. We're going to dive a little bit into um, our rookie shares right now. I kind of wanted to maybe go over this with Scott a little bit and maybe talk about some of our rookie shares, some of the similarities we have, maybe some of the differences uh, we have in our shares so far. So quarterback-wise, I would say right now 
this is in, also including a lot of my waivers that I've run the, the last two weeks as well. So I have added all of those players to my sheet as well, just to kind of keep track. So some of these numbers, you know, as we go through them, I'll point them out. But right now, my top quarterback, obviously, Aiden O'Connell. I have seven shares of him. Jake Hayner, I have five. And I think pretty much all of those are from waivers for free. So there is a difference between, you know, I can have a couple shares of these guys for free and I don't mind, but drafting them would be a different story. So as we go through, we'll point that out. Uh, like Dorian Thompson Robinson, I have four shares. All four shares are on teams that I have Deshaun Watson, and I think I've drafted them in like round five in a couple and maybe a couple I got for free off of waivers. Uh, Will Levis, I've had three of, but I haven't actually drafted any Will Levis. This is from Devi Leagues, so I have not drafted any Will Levis this year. Kind of curious, Scott, have you drafted any Will Levis yet so far this year? No Will Levis. I had three Devi shares. I have have three shares as of right now, so no, I have not drafted any new Will Levis yet. Okay, so we're the same. Like Jaron Hall, all three I picked up for free. Clayton Toon, all three I picked up for free. So those guys I'm just kind of stashing on taxi squads. If they're the backups, awesome. And then I got a decent backup quarterback on the team. If they don't pan out in preseason, they don't look good. If they're not the backup, I can probably go ahead and drop most of these guys. Um, Anthony Richardson, I have two, and both of those were in uh, Devi as well. I do have a 101 where I uh, haven't drafted yet that I'm going to need a quarterback, so I'm probably going to have another share of Richardson there. Um, I had two CJ Strouds. I had one in Devi and one that I drafted, and I drafted two Bryce Youngs, and both happened to both be this week. I had zero Bryce Young up until like two days ago. Um, and then I was in position. I traded up in one league to get him and then was in position in another one uh, to grab Bryce Young. So I have two Bryce Young shares. I was kind of getting worried that I wasn't going to have any of him, uh, but it worked out the last couple. And then I have one Stetson Bennett share. So what do you have uh, so far at quarterback? So mine's uh, even with waivers running. I'm very, very simpleton at, at quarterback. I've only got seven different rookie quarterbacks. Uh, waivers, two Aiden O'Connells and two Jake Hayners. So I've, I've put in a couple bids on like Clayton Toon, but I haven't gotten any. Uh, I think because Ray got them all, at least in all of our leagues. Uh, but I haven't bid on any other quarterbacks, haven't picked up any DTR or any Tanner McKees or any, none of the other backups. Uh, the three Will Levises from Debbie Leagues. Um, I have drafted two Hendon Hooker. One was in our USFFL where the quarterback scoring is like, you know, if if you have a starter, they're scoring like 40 plus points. I took him earlier than I took him in any other league just simply because like that's a league where the quarterback scoring is ridiculous. And then I took him in another 2QB league for the same reason. I took him at like the middle of the second round, early to mid second, I think like the 204 in the 2QB league. And that's it. The other ones I have, the most I've ended up with is six CJ Strouds. Just because if you're at 104 or 105, like I don't know how many times I've been at 104 and it's just gone Bijan, Richardson, Bryce. And I'm hoping one of those was a, was a Bryce Young, but it was always CJ Stroud and only one league that I take Gibbs over Stroud or Bryce Young. And that was a league where I had four four starters already. Every other one, I'm still hitting the quarterback there. 
probably that's that's where I maybe left a little bit on the table. I could have maybe mm-hmm. traded back a spot, but a couple of those places I have Stroud, I'm I wanted another quarterback. So it was right. either two QB or yeah, I needed a QB three or something. So I, I so, just ended up with six Strouds, and I wish that you know we'll see. I'm kind of hoping he's the one that comes out of blazing in preseason and looks like a could be an elite pocket passer because I only ended up with four Richardsons. Two of those I traded up to the 102 to get. Uh, and then two Bryce Youngs, and that's it. So not as much Richardson as I wanted, definitely not as much Bryce Young as I wanted, and maybe a little bit too much C.J. Stroud. So that's interesting that you mentioned you took Gibbs over Stroud in one of the leagues. So I'm guessing that was you said you had four quarterbacks already. So even still in that kind of you know, roster construction wise, where you already have four quarterbacks, you'd probably would, you were okay with taking Gibbs over Stroud. Cause I don't know if I could do it. I think I would still take the quarterback, even in that spot, just because of the, the potential value that Stroud can bring me over a Gibbs. Yeah. It was one of those where I ended up having like Herbert Allen Richardson already. So it's like, I, yeah, and I had a bunch. Of, I had a kill. bunch of early picks, so it was like I could have just gone QB, QB, QB. You know what I mean? But I ha- at some point I have to build a team. That's one of the flaws. You're right. Like I should have probably just hit the quarterbacks. And there are times where I don't necessarily do that, knowing my portfolio. And that was, I think, my first or second Stroud. If I would have known I was going to get six, I might have been like, man, you know, maybe I take Bryce Young there instead of the Gibbs share. Cause I'm not going to get any other Bryce young. You know what I mean? Like if I knew I was going to get this much Stroud, maybe I would have taken Bryce because I'm not going to, I don't know. Maybe I can go trade Stroud for Bryce. All I need is something decent to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, there, there's a chance that maybe you could get that deal done for very, very little, but I mean, is that something you'd, would you even care right now? If you had six of one and two of the other, would you try to balance that out or just let things play out as it may? I think I would kind of let it balance out right now if I could, but if I get stuck with six strouds, I get stuck with six strouds, you know, like you said, pretty much all of our drafts that I've seen, it's some combination of Bijan Richardson and Bryce Young are the first three picks. And I don't think I've seen too many differences from that. I've seen maybe a Stroud over young, like once or twice, but it's not very often. Um, everyone's kind of been taking Bryce Young over Stroud. So it kind of is where you, you get stuck with. If you said, you know, I had a bunch of 104 picks and you just you just get stuck with Stroud there. And I'm okay being stuck with C.J. Stroud because I know he's a, he's a pretty good quarterback. And if he hits his accuracy and all that hits, man, and he's a stud, like you you can demand three first round picks or three first value for CJ Stroud in a in the super flex leagues if he becomes a a top 10 quarterback if he's better than you know Dak Prescott or he becomes better than Trevor Lawrence you know you can demand these kind of prices for these guys there's no i think we've gotten smart enough to where you know Jam- Jameer Gibbs he's has you know a Tyler Algier season last year a thousand yards and you know does a little bit on the ground and stuff but no one's ever given you three first rounds for for Gibbs anymore. Like we had that a couple years ago with Jonathan Taylor, but I think people smartened up real quick uh, when he had his second year and it wasn't as good. And that like, oh man, I, you just can't pay three first for any running back anymore, especially with the way they get hurt and stuff. So I think that's you know with these quarterbacks you can you can get that kind of price. So I think in my shoes, even if I had 
you know, like you said, Mahomes, Anthony Richardson, Herbert, and say I have Derek Carr too. I don't care. I'll, I'll take CJ Stroud again. Like I get it. You got to build a team too, but you, me and you have talked about it today. Uh, how these warp running backs like Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams, Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, people like that. Like I can get by with that at running back. You know, I don't have to have Jameer Gibbs. I don't have to have, you know, Christian McCaffrey. You know, these quarterbacks are just so prime value. So that's kind of what I was just uh, was thinking about with that. Well, I actually just looked while you were talking. Uh, so it's actually a league where I was trying to remember back. Why did I do that? You know, I, mean, I just pulled up the draft board. I took, I had the 103, the 108, and the 109. And I took Gibbs at 103. My QB room is just Allen and Herbert. I traded away my other QBs. Now I have three firsts next year. So I, I have like kind of a team where if I can contend, I can maybe squeak by and contend. And I have all these picks. I have three seconds, three firsts. Like I have a bunch of extra assets that I could try to push in and buy a third quarterback or buy some more points this year if I want. Uh, but I took Gibbs over, you know, the quarterbacks in that league. A little bit of it was knowing the leagues too. It's a little, it's a really active league. I probably should have taken that more into consideration, but that was, I think my second Gibbs share. The first one was the pipeline league. That was a Debbie league. That was the first one I drafted them in. Had I known, cause here's what we haven't even got to. I have seven Jameer Gibbs. That's a lot for Scott Connor at running back to hold a high end running back in that many leagues. It's not a bad problem to have because he's a young running back that is, you know, kind of like one of the it things now. But if I would have known I'd end up with seven Jameer Gibbs, I would not have taken him there. I would have taken Bryce Young and just said, you know what, I'll punt running back in this league. And, you know, it gives me another share that I I literally didn't need because now I have seven Gibbs and a couple of those were like, okay, they were obvious picks. 105, sure, I'll just take them. But, man, if I would have known I have seven, like that's an obvious mistake. So I think that's definitely a mistake now that I look back. And I didn't know what my distribution was going to be. So, I mean, let's go to running right. back. Where, where are you at running back? Yeah, so I was just counting them up really quick. I have 23 different rookie running backs that I'm rostering right now. Wow. And so I have seven Kendra Millers. Um, and then these next tier, I have four of each, which is Zach Evans, Eric Gray, Chase Brown, Tank Bigsby, and the one that I – just got four of this week is Amare DiMercato from Arizona, who's an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, I, I didn't don't know if you picked up much of him this week, but I ended up getting a bunch of him just because it is a wide open backfield right now. He has he ran a four four three at the forty uh, yard dash. He's a decent player. I'm not saying like he's a startable player, but in a wide open backfield, that this is kind of where I want those undrafted free agent running backs that are in a wide open backfield like this, like D Mercado really has a chance to crack the Arizona roster. If he does good in the preseason and training camp and all that. So, uh, but yeah, like Bigsby, you know, that's a guy that's pretty much second round picks. I've been drafting. I think I had one in Debbie and three I've drafted, uh, chase Browns. I've taken all in, in rookie drafts, Eric Gray's I've taken all of those in rookie drafts. And Zach Evans, I think I had 
two Zach Evans previously from Devi leagues, and then I drafted two so far. Um, and then some other running backs that I have, like three shares of Izzy Abanacanda, Evan Hole, Chris Rodriguez, who I've drafted late, Mohamed Ibrahim, I've either picked up for free or drafted late. And then some of the other like bigger names, like Devin Achain, I have two, Tajay Spears, two. I only have one Bijan, and that was from a Devi League. So I didn't even, you know, I didn't have, um, I think we did a, another thing on, on this before where I had like four chances of it. I traded one and got Jalen Hurts. Um, another one that I was thinking was going to be Bijan, I think I'm going to have to go Richardson. And then I'm not, don't remember what the other one was. I have one Jameer Gibbs, one Zach Charbonnet. Um, and then kind of like the UDFA guys. Like, I think the only one that I don't have any of is Sean Tucker, just because he gets drafted in like round three and I'm not taking him in round three, even though he's at, in a good spot, uh, kind of like D Mercado, a wide open backfield. I just haven't been able to dra uh, draft him in like round three. I'll take him in round four, but he's usually gone by then. Um, I know me and you kind of differ on this. Like you said, you had a bunch of Gibbs. I haven't been in position to get Gibbs. I've only been in position to get him once. Um, another guy that you have a ton of is Roshan Johnson. I only have one share of Roshan Johnson so far too. And it just happens to be Gibbs and Roshan are on the same exact team um, that I have both the one shares on. And they're, uh, it's a point per carry league. So uh, what about you at running back? What do you got? Well, this is scary because we did not talk about this beforehand. So I just counted. I said, wow, when you said you have 23 different running backs, right? So I counted mine. Guess how many I have? Probably 23 or 24. 23. 23 okay. I go, okay, so wait a second. Are we talking the same 23? And then mm -hmm. I go, probably not, because there's one guy that you probably have that I don't have. The one guy I don't have that everyone would assume I have one share of is Sean Tucker. I don't yeah. have any Sean Tucker. I don't either. So I bet you we have literally across our teams, we have the same 23. Now I'm going to name a couple of the ones at the very bottom that are like the bottom, bottom end ones, just mm -hmm. to see if you have any of those. Cause I bet you everybody else you named are the same ones that I have. It's basically all the running backs that were drafted, but I'm I assume you have some, do you have a couple of Lou Nichols? No, I don't have any Lou Nichols. Wow. So you have somebody that I don't have. I have, I probably have maybe three guys you don't have. Okay, I have some Tyon Evans. I have one of Tyon, yep. You got any Mohamed Ibrahims? Yes, I have three. You got some Xavier Valades? Yep, I got two of those. That was one of the ones I thought maybe you didn't have, so that's good. Uh, I've, I've liked De Mercado since after TCU's run. You know, like he was good in those right. games, so I have some De Mercados. That might have been the other one. Yep. Um, so I would say this one I know you don't have because he just came into MFL and I was uh, looking at his combine and, and it's interesting. So I, I took a shot. Kalen LeBourne for San Francisco. Oh, uh, man. Who who has talked about Kalen LeBourne all season, all off season? I have no I'm, idea. I have. I have had you? three Kalen LeBournes and then I cut him before the draft in two leagues, and then I caught him after the draft because he went undrafted and hadn't signed yet. But oh, he is one okay. who will pick up. He will back up. He was a he was a high-level recruit that was at Florida State and got dumped and ended up bouncing around. But he was, he was like Di Mercado. I go, why is nobody talking about him? 
Okay. Sure. They're they're you know what's funny? They both landed in pretty decent spots, like to where they might get a shot. So yeah, I'll pick up some that's the one. I don't have any LeBorns anymore, but I will be picking him back up. So that was the one. Yep. Uh, and then the other one I think you probably don't have any of is Travis Die. I don't have any Travis Die. So now and I'm I just have up. one Travis Die. So who who is the guy that I have that you don't? I assume you have some generic princes. Yeah, I have two princes. Yep. Uh, you got some Kenny Macintoshes. Yep, I off of waivers for free. Two of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm maybe. Uh, do you have Deuce Vaughn? I have one Deuce Vaughn. 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, I only have 23, and I do have Deuce Vaughn. Okay. So it's 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 probably someone out there that, you know, because I do not have any Travis Dye, and I do not have any Kalen LeBorn. And then you obviously don't have any uh, of one of the ones I named that you don't have any of. Lou, yeah, Lou Nichols and Sean Lou Tucker Nichols. I don't have any of. I'm trying to think if there's any of the other. Is there any, any higher-end ones that you don't have any of? Like, do you have any Charbonnets? I have one Chardonnay that I ended up getting. Spears? Um, I have two Spears. I have two of Chains. Dwayne McBrides? That, I, that's another. That's who I don't have. I don't have Dwayne McBride. Dwayne McBride. I got a ton of Dwayne McBride. So, yeah, we're different yeah. In, in only a couple spots. My uh, my highest rostered ones are, I mean, Chris Rodriguez I have in the most. Evan Hall. I, I don't know how many picks I've had where it's the Chris Rodriguez, Evan Hall range where it's like, you know, Eric Gray, Chris Rodriguez, Evan Hall. Mm. Like I, I, I felt like I was in that spot all the time. And I ended up with a ton of Chris Rod and, uh, and Evan Hall. And then the other ones, Roshan, seven shares, Jameer Gibbs, seven shares, tank Bigsby, six shares. And then the rest of them are four or less. So chase Brown, a chain, I have four. And then everybody else is like Kendra Evans, Bijan, Spears, Charbonnet, three or less. Okay. And then uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 20, and 23 wide receivers I have too. I, okay. know, I know that's a lot more than what you have. But uh, I would say half of these ones are, are ones I picked up for free off of waivers just because – the running backs are completely picked clean um, from the draft. Like there isn't running backs to pick up off of waivers in most of our leagues. Like our five round draft leagues, like they're just they're gone. All every single one of them. So I've had to like pick up somebody. So I've taken like a couple shots at some of these receivers. I would say ha- half of them on my of my twenty three. I just have like one share of, and they're all got picked up for free. Like I didn't draft any of these guys hardly, besides like maybe two of them. So, and that that is where we absolutely differ. I bet you I have way more tight end shares than you, and I definitely do not carry as many receivers. I have fourteen different receivers, okay. and I would say one of those. In Royal Rumble, I have A.T. Perry, and that's probably one that's a cut. Yeah, I have uh, A.T. Perry that I picked up for free. Yeah, that, that was a waiver pickup, but that's probably right. the only guy that I think is an automatic cut. Every other one, the only one that's not probably top 10 is I have one Tank Dell and I have three Charlie Jones, and that's it. Every other one I have... Yep. Other than I guess you could say Boutte is technically not a top 10 receiver, but I took a couple Boutes just because you never know. That's the kind of guy I think I could sell based on his name. 
but yes, I I definitely practice what I preach at receiver and I'm very selective with uh you know, I have only 14 different ones and one of them's AT Perry who's probably getting cut. So I'm guessing mm. you're you got some Puka Nakua's and some Xavier Hutchinson's and those types. Yeah, so and but a lot of them, like I said, are ones that I picked up. Like as far as ones that are drafted, I'm probably right on par with you with the ones that I actually drafted. Um, so like right now I have five JSNs. That's my top one. I had a couple Devies and then like, I think I have three of them I've drafted. I have four tank Dells that I've drafted in like round three or four. And it would just come to the point where it was like tank Dell or a six round running back, you know? And I'm like, I'll just take tank Dell. Like he's got a, a shot. CJ Stroud wanted him. I think that's like the one that keeps sticking in my head is like CJ Stroud, like wanted this guy and told Houston to draft him. And I just like, okay, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe these, you know, that's, this is going to be one of his guys that he throws to and they have a good connection. So I'm kind of just banking on narrative with that one, but I'm not like spending, you know, maybe a late third I took him or something like that or a fourth. But the, it's on teams where I actually needed a receiver as well. Uh, Marvin Mims, I think I had two Devi shares and I've drafted one. Jordan Addison, I've drafted uh, twice and had one Devi share. Rasheed Rice, I've drafted all three of those in the second round. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, I think I had one Devi and one that I've drafted. And then... Those that was just two shares, and then I'm getting in the rest of my two share guys. Darius Davis picked up for free, and those are leagues that have return uh, touchdown bonuses and return yards. Puka Nakua, I might have drafted one and and um, picked up one for free. Charlie Jones, I think I've drafted twice uh, in the late rounds, like round five, four, four. Uh, Tyler Scott, I think I picked up uh, one for free and drafted one. Zay Flowers, I just um, traded for one, and I drafted one. And then my other ones that I – the rest of them are all ones, um, which are Jordan Downs, Jaden Reed, and I think that's the only ones that I drafted. The rest of these guys, which is like a list of 10, are all ones that I picked up for free off of waivers. And they can easily be dropped at any single time. You know, and I, I might go back and do that. Like I might go if there's uh, Xavier Valade or D Mercado or Kalen LeBourne end up um, on the waivers again, I can probably drop these wide receivers uh, that are excess and go pick those guys up. So like these, I have one Xavier Hutchinson, one Parker Washington, one Antoine Green, one Dante Demas, you know, so guys like that, I can drop those guys and go pick up a running back. And then, you know, once we start having cuts and stuff, you know, you know, people drop players that they shouldn't be dropping and I can go and get those guys too. So what do you have at wide receiver? Well, I definitely don't have any Jordan downs, which you said Jordan downs. I'm like, who's that? Oh, I'm sorry. Josh, Uh, Josh downs. Yeah. I have uh, seven Zay flowers randomly just, you know, there he's in a spot where he falls and he's a first round receiver. So I have seven Zay flowers, six Jordan Addison. Uh, definitely got Addison and flowers more so than, uh, Johnston and, uh, JSN. Um, I ended up with five Josh Downs. Three of those Josh Downs were in Debbie, so like I already had them. Don't even remember the board specifically, but I'm not high on drafting Josh Downs where he goes, but there were a couple spots where I ended up taking him. Five Boutes and five Mims. Uh, again, I've taken some Boutes in the fourth just for the potential resale value of the name. 
Uh, four JSNs, four Jaden Reeds, four Cedric Tillmans. Uh, a couple of those leagues, Cedric Tillman falls like super far because people just assume, well, he's buried. But like literally, what's the difference between him and Jalen Hyatt and Marvin Mims and Josh Downs? Like they were all drafted in the similar range, you know? So like Cedric Tillman seemed to be a guy like, okay, if he's falling to the mid third, I'll take him. Uh, four Quentin Johnstons, four Jalen Hyatt's for the same reason. Uh, just got him at the 307 in the draft. Like, I don't know why people would let him fall that far, but there's 16 running backs gone by then. So I'm like, all right, I'm down to taking Dwayne McBride or Kenny McIntosh over him. So I'll take him in that case. Uh, three Rasheed Rice's, three Charlie Jones, and then the one random A.T. Perry and Tank Dell. So... Not a lot of receivers other than the, what, nine or ten that were, like, obviously draftable. Like, those are the ones I have. That's it. So, you don't have any Mingo, and I don't think I heard Jaden Reed? I have Jaden Reed. I have four Jaden okay. Reeds, and I have zero Jonathan Mingos. Didn't get yes. any. So, the three that came to my mind that you have, I have zero Quinton Johnston so far. I have zero Cedric Tillman's, which is surprising being a Browns fan that I haven't gotten him yet. And he does fall, like you've mentioned, but I end up usually taking like an an Eric Gray or a Chase Brown over him. And then, um, oh, sh- shoot, who was the other one that you mentioned? Oh, uh, Jalen Hyatt I have zero of. And I just have wanted no, no Jalen Hyatt, especially because a lot of my leagues are lineup leagues. I, I do have some more best balls that we've added with the USFFL ones. But he had already been drafted and stuff like that, so I never had a chance at him. But I like outside of best ball, I really don't want Jalen Hyatt. Like I'd rather see what the Giants wide receiver core looks like first off before I invest in any other players because – we did it, you know, on the roster show last week uh, for the NFC. Like the Giants' wide receiver core, what, like, what are they doing? Like, we have no idea. So, uh, yeah. That's well, and it's important. It's important to note that, yeah. I mean, I've added like ten best ball leagues, so some of those receivers do have some appeal in best ball leagues. The Jaden Reeds, the Marvin Mims, the Josh Downs. Like that, the roster construction is different in best ball. Like we've talked about, Mike and Adam have talked about it, just talked about it 30 minutes ago with the warp stuff. Like there's leagues where that's where you want to get your shares. And anybody that's growing a portfolio, think about that. If you play in some lineup, some best ball, some point per carry, some non-point per carry, some two tight end, some non-two point or two tight end. Like those are leagues you probably want to diversify based on the format. That's what I do. Figure out the roster construction. No, in this league, okay, it's 32-man rosters, two tight end, two PPR. I'm probably going to roster a ton of tight ends there. That's where I'm going to get my shares of some of these tight ends we'll talk about in a second. Other leagues, I I don't want tight ends. Start one, 1.5, I literally don't want to draft, you know, Darnell Washington or even like Elijah Higgins. I don't even want them. I'll pick them up for free. But even those leagues, like they're on the chopping block if I can get something else at a later time. So, yeah. Diversify within your format. Don't worry about worry about diversifying the names. I'll leverage the names based on the format where they fit best. So I'll do my tight ends, then I'll go to you because my tight ends are pretty sure. straightforward. I don't have, I have a lot of the high. I end. have uh, I have twelve different tight ends. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ooh, I have thirteen. I bet you I know the one that you don't have, but we'll talk about that in a second. I got nine Elijah Higgins. Is he here highest rostered too? Yeah, he is. I have seven. Well, my second, I have eight Tucker Crafts. 
I have five craft. Okay. I have seven Michael Mares. I don't have any Mare yet. I haven't been able to get him yet. Wow. No Michael Mares. All right. And it's, not, and it's not that I haven't tried or haven't wanted to get one. I just, nobody wants to trade, so I, I don't get them. Then you may have the one that I thought I had that you didn't. Uh, Michael Mayer was the one, so we'll see if it's another one. I, I the have. other one that I that I don't have that you may have is Koontz. I don't have any Koontz. I have zero Koontz. Okay, yeah. So we're on. Isn't the same that hilarious? Sean and, Tucker I, but, and Zach Koontz. I, neither of us have any, and it wasn't like intentional. Someone no. else just liked them better than us. You know. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. I have six Luke Musgraves. Uh, I have five. Okay. Yeah, but we talked about that last week, having Musgrave and Kraft on the same Yeah, team. I have like, like four of them. Yep. Yep, we've both done that. I have six Will Mallory's. He's been one I've been able to pick up off waivers. Yep, I have four of them, and I think I've picked up all four off waivers. Uh, I got five Josh Wiley's. I have another guy six. that calls the waivers. Okay. Yeah, I have six. And I think a couple of those I drafted, and maybe a couple I picked up off of waivers. Uh, four Darnell Washingtons, and all of those have been like, okay, wow, he's sitting there at the four oh seven. Okay, I'll take him. Right, right. Um, I had, I only have one, and that was uh, Devi League. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't get, didn't draft any Darnell. All right, no. Nope. Uh, four Dalton Kincaids. Uh, I have all, one, and that was Devi. All of my Dalton Kincaids are leagues where the tight ends matter. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm I'm not getting any Dalton Kincaid's in any start one PPR or 1.5 premium because he literally goes ahead of the first round receivers, which is ridiculous. We're not going to talk about that now, though. Yep. Uh, I have three Sam Laportas. I have one Laporta. Uh, I have three Brenton Strange. Yep, I have three as well. This is the one I didn't think you might have any, but maybe you do. I have three Davis Allens. I have three as well. Okay, so we on that. I have two Cameron Latus. I have one. Okay. And then I have one Luke Shoemaker. I have two Shoemakers. Okay. So who is there one? Is there another one that you have that I don't that you didn't say? Mm, no, I think that Kuntz was. And you don't have any mayor, right? That was it. I don't have Koontz or mayor. No. Um, I think that's it for tight ends wise. Like everyone else is pretty much accounted for. Is there any that you don't? that you have that you've picked up that are not those names? Have you picked up any Braden Willis or Payne Durham or any of those? No, I haven't picked up any of those guys. No, How yeah, about- I, think, I think I picked up Latu for free. I picked up some Davis Allen's for free and Will Mallory. Those are the only, and maybe a couple Josh Wiley's and some Elijah Higgins. I've picked up for free too. Have you picked up any Christian Trey hands? Who the hell is that? That's the guy uh, with the Bengals with the 0.09 Raz. No, no, definitely didn't pick him up. <laughs> yeah, Christian Drahan, the 0.09 Raz, and you said, uh, did you say something about you've never seen one that low? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one that low. I never, I never seen one that low. The, the only thing he has that isn't poor is his weight. <laughs> Crazy. Everything else is, I mean, would you even bother if you ran a five three one? Would you even continue to play? No, but I also said that about Mitchell Wilcox, who took one off his head at the combine, and then yeah, he, but you realize how slow a five three one is. Like every lineman runs as fast as that. Yeah, th- 
I do you remember? Do you watch the NFL Network's uh, draft coverage? I'm gonna pull it up no, real no. quick. Okay, no. so and on day three, they always do this thing that's called stump the truck, and they try and get people off of Twitter to come up with um, players that they don't have any footage on uh, from the truck. So there's a running back. I gotta find it down the list here. It's gonna take me a second. I'm using uh, Dwayne uh, or not Dwayne um, Dane, Dane Brugler's guide. So there's this running back. His name is Zach Angelo Angelillo from Northern Colorado. He's six foot two twenty nine. What's his forty time? Is it sub five? Yes. I mean, Christian Trahan five three one is horrible, but is it in the same range? Yeah, it's a five two four for a running back. I'm like, I want to see the footage on this guy running a five two four um, at two hundred twenty nine pounds. Like, I just needed to see that his his uh, twenty or uh, yeah twenty yard split was a three. <laughs> I've never seen that. I mean, it looks like he is listed as a fullback, but I never heard of him. And I, yeah, I would be, uh, okay. I would be remiss to see. So that. yeah, him, he might just have been a fullback, and he didn't list there, but he is listed under the running back here. I'm like, I want to see this guy like running a five-two-four um, at running back. Uh, just crazy. There's also some other guys. Another guy that's a f- a five, but he's a 242 pounds. So I guess I get that. Well, this here's one. Here's a twelve. An- ran a five. Here's a sporting news article I found. Shout out to uh, Jacob Kamenker, C-A-M-E-N-K-E-R. Uh, mm-hmm. Haven't heard of you, Jacob, but uh, the 11 biggest steals in the 2023 NFL draft. And he's okay. got some names on there you would know. He's got Stetson Bennett, Zach Charbonnet, Kayshawn Boutte, Luke Schoonmaker, Cameron Latu. And then he's got, you know, he's got some linemen on there. Cody Mock, Joe Tipman. But then I believe on there he has the Northern Colorado tight end. Let me see if he's on there. Okay. Uh, no, nah, shout out. He's not on there. I thought he was. They referenced him, but he's not one of the ones in the list. So he came up in the Google search, but not on the list. So. Jacob, you're you're saved. You didn't have the four five two four right back as your. Well, I don't it. even think anybody's even picked him up because I haven't even seen it. So I don't. Know. I mean, he's a fullback. I, yeah. I I've never even heard of him. So that right. just that's what I like about football is literally like there was a player um, the other day we were looking at players the the guy that uh, shout out to I forget his uh, username on sleeper but the dude has one thousand fifty three lineup dynasty leagues when you put in his username. And right. he rostered one guy in one league named Thyric Pitts. Have you ever heard of him? No, I have not. <laughs> like, is that like a team where it's a hundred man rosters and like Kyle Pitts brought his brother or something like that? <laughs> but I've never heard of him, and he only had him on one team. So I'm like, and I looked him up. He's a receiver, but I've never heard of him. Like, and and you and I, but combined have pretty much heard of everybody right but there's na- there's like one or two names that'll come up a month and i'm like never heard of them and there's always yeah. like two or three rookies people start picking up and like they'll get added in like june and they pick them up and i'm like who the hell is that yeah i never heard them during draft season like never even heard of them like they might not even be like in the guide and someone's picking them up <laughs> right where the hell did he come from 
Yeah, that that's what's good about having Brugler's guide is he'll have pretty much all of these guys in there, and I can kind of go back and look. That's kind of where I forgot that you had mentioned that LeBorn guy, but I found him. You know, just saw his forty times, saw Di Mercado's forty time. Like, I know it's not all about forties, but you know, just picking these guys up, and if maybe Dane has a little write up on them, you can kind of get a glimpse of what these players are and pick them up for free because literally most of these guys are free. You're not drafting these guys. So you pick them up, see what happens in training camp and the preseason games. And if they become nothing, Oh, well I drop them and pick up somebody else. Like it's not, I'm not, didn't lose a draft pick over them or anything like that. So no, this is our favorite time of the year. Like these waiver runs where you can add all these rookies. Like this is definitely one of the, favorite periods of time that's obviously why we spent the last two episodes talking about every player on a depth chart you know that's currently there and whether you should roster them or not i'm sure a lot of people looking at their league going man i have 22 man rosters all this is redundant none of it matters but there's a lot of a lot of dgens out there that do get value in that so someone asked in the discord the other day hey is there a list of like guys I should be keeping in or picking up in deep leagues. And like three or four people were just like, yeah, go listen to those shows. Right. Just go listen to those shows. Like we pretty much talked through every player, even if it was just, yep, drop him. Yep. Drop him. Yep. Pick him up. But we literally went through like every single player. So that's yeah. what you want to go back and listen to the last two episodes. Yep. That's it. You want to do some uh, real quick, some auto accept trade block stuff, or you want to save that for a future show? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of have beaten that up um, on here, but let's do it for a future show. Let's just save it for a future show where we actually can go through and kind of talk through the art of it again, because I think it's it's good to kind of bring back up every couple months. Uh, Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll talk a little more about, Okay, you can't get greedy. Yeah, I've seen a couple times where you post auto accept trade blocks and I'm like, dude, you're delusional. But then there's other times where I'm like, I'll buy players from you. I think mm-hmm. you got to know the calendar and you kind of got to know like it isn't about getting profit. It's about shifting your roster construction, picking up roster spots to add players off waivers. And sometimes you have to be like, all right, I think this might be a fair price for a player, but is it really something at this point in the year? Is someone really willing to bite on that price? And if they're not probably don't list it because it's just, it's just a waste of time. I think the most important part that you left out, though, and you talked about it this week on Destination Dynasty, is getting capital right now that you can use during the season. Getting extra Mm -hmm. thirds, getting extra fourths, seconds, whatever it is. And then I can go buy spot start running backs, you know, warp winners, basically, for the week um, at running back or receiver, whatever it is. I can go and buy those players with these extra draft picks that I'm accumulating right now. So I think that's probably the most important part of the, of the uh, auto accept blocks is getting these extra picks that you can use during the season. Okay. So last question, then we'll do America's favorite game, but how likely are you now to go to some of the players where you have the highest roster ship of, like we just went through all of our positions. Are you probably going to start at some point going through the guys where you have seven, eight, nine shares of and be like, maybe that's where I should start trying to trade a couple of those? Or is it still player specific? Yeah, I think it's that or league specific too. But no, that, that's a good starting point is look at like I have, you know, seven Elijah Higgins. But, you know, people probably may not even know who he is right now. I was kind of reading an article on him the other day like – he still has some learning to do. Like, obviously, he was um, strictly split out, 
you know, wide receiver at Stanford, but he said 28 of 32 teams looked at him as a tight end during the draft. So he knows he's got to start learning tight end. He's probably going to be asked just to be a receiver, but you can't have him out there as just a receiver all the time. Otherwise, the other team is going to know, hey, you know, he's out there for a passing route. He's not out here to block at all. So he's going to have to learn to do some inline blocking. So Elijah Higgins is one of those guys that it might take him a year or two before he actually becomes something in the NFL. Uh, but I'm, and another thing, Miami just doesn't have anybody. Sounds like Durham Smythe is definitely their starter from the article that I read. He's the veteran in the room and all that. But I don't know. Do you Are you rostering any Durham Smythe? Because I have zero. No, man, that, but that's just a guy that I've just never been on. He's been around for years, and he's never yeah, been. Yeah, he's nothing special, so, right, you know. Um, but, yeah, so you're just going to have to – you might have to – a lot of these tight ends, you're going to have to wait three, four years before they finally, you know, hit their stride. Like, you've been holding Hunter Long for three years now. He still hasn't hit. You know, I complained last year about Jeremy Rucker. He's going into his second season. He's probably not going to play again this year. So a lot of these tight ends, it does take a long time. And that's why we don't love rostering like 10 of these tight ends. I know we talked a lot about today that me and Scott have a ton of shares of these tight ends right now. But yeah, we're going to have to be able to move some and maybe have to drop some. Taxi squad some of these guys for a while. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see um, on these tight ends because it does take them a little bit time to develop. Very well said. That's why the roster construction stuff is important. Know what formats you can afford to carry six or seven tight ends and which ones you go, that's absolutely just wasting a spot. Even if I like Elijah Higgins or I like Will Mallory or Josh Wiley, I probably, even if I picked him up for free, I'm probably not expecting to be able to move him for anything. And there's going to be leagues where I have to cut him. As long as those are the leagues where it's like, yeah, tight end really doesn't matter here. Fine. I think that the real edge though, is if you're in those leagues, roster construction trumps the players that you have in a 1.5 start one. You pretty much just need enough to get by. You need a starter and you need a backup. Even you don't even need a backup in a lot of cases, but if your backup goes down and your starter goes down, you're already just picking a guy up off waivers. And I bet you that there's a replacement guy like Durham Smythe or Jeff Swain or someone like, I mean, it, they're yucky. They're crusty. They're a year long guy that you can't wait to cut when the season ends, but you can find like literally replacement value tight end because it's okay. This guy's going to run some routes and he might get a touchdown. So the key is when you have those tight end rooms, if you're going to pick up Elijah Higgins or you're going to even draft guys like Darnell Washington or even the, the higher end, even like Tucker Craft, or I don't expect, I don't expect Brenton Strange to hit right away. You know, like he could, he probably has a better chance, like Schoonmaker and Kraft have yeah. a better chance than some of those others. But just because they have potential opportunity doesn't mean they're at all usable. So you right. don't want to hold Brenton Strange and Tucker Craft on a team where you also have Greg Dulcich, Gerald Everett, and Dallas Goddard. Like you don't want all five. So instead of just saying, oh man, I screwed up. I drafted Brenton Strange and Tucker Craft. You probably drafted them because you got them at pretty good prices. You need to go trade one of the guys ahead of them. You need to go trade Greg Dulcich or you need to go trade Gerald Everett or even trade Dallas Goddard. Like you got to move one of the ones ahead of them because you know, you put Brenton Strange on the block and you just took him at the 408. Who's giving you anything for him? 
Right. It's not going to do anything quick enough either for people to go, oh man, I'll give you a third. I'll give you a second. Like that's not going to happen like it might at running back or even receiver. So if you messed up your roster construction, don't be like, oh man, I messed up my roster construction. I got to cut Brenton Strange now. No. Go trade Greg Dulcich or Gerald Everett and just say, I don't need three tight ends in a start one, 1. 1.5. So that's how you alleviate those traps. And then next year, don't draft two more Brenton Stranges. Be like, all right, I'm going to give a year off. I'm not going to take a tight end. I'm just going to let Brenton Strange and Tucker Craft develop. If in year four, they're, you know, year three, Hunter Long, year four, Albert O, like that's when you can say, okay, maybe I'll cut him. But year two, I mean, there's, and I'm guilty of it. I've cut Jeremy Ruckert. So I go, why the hell did I hold him all year? What was the point? What did I expect? Yep. That's why Getting I said, don't even draft and, him. Right. Exactly. But we still do it. And even if you just picked him up, why did I hold him all year? Did I really think week 13, he's going to start playing and break out? You know what I mean? Like it just, right. it, no, just think about those pickups and think about your roster construction with tight ends, because I see a ton of people where it's like, dude, this is a PPR league and you have seven tight ends. Pick, pick, get rid of five of them. Only, you know, your league on which five are actually ones you can get something for versus the ones you just have to release. But that's it. Tight end rant over. Yep. All right. America's favorite game. So this one, uh, just came up the other day because um, the NHL had their lottery draft and the NBA had their lottery draft as well. Um, even though I don't pay attention to the NBA anymore, I actually still watch the draft lottery just because I, I think they're fascinating. I think they're cool just to see what happens, see which team gets completely lucky and gets their, you know, basically their franchise changed. So what is your favorite draft lottery moment? Could be NBA, could be NHL. You know, NFL and MLB really don't have uh, draft lotteries, but maybe a favorite NHL or NBA draft lottery moment. Hmm. I mean, mine's pretty easy being in Cleveland. It's obviously LeBron James, and when he went to the Cavs, even though I can't stand the guy now. Um, yeah, that was that's definitely my favorite one for mine. Just mine is fan. mine is probably the draft. Uh, I do remember when the Cavs ended up getting Kyrie Irving after LeBron left. And it was yeah. just like, you know, that's not that it was fixed, but it almost kind of felt at the time, like the NBA was kind of throwing the Cavs a bone. Cause they just lost LeBron and it like just absolutely crushed them. Cause that, that year and, without LeBron, people were like, it's over. You know what I mean? And they had pick four and they drafted Tristan Thompson there too. Like that draft wasn't like any good that I remember outside of like Kyrie, I think. And then there, there might've been like one or two other guys, but yeah. Well, though, and the one that ended up really burning Cleveland was remember a couple years Anthony later, they drafted Bennett. Anthony Bennett one Oh one. Yeah. And now yeah, that wasn't wolf. a great draft either, but no. there were at least some other players in that draft that wouldn't have been just like complete you know, flops out of the league. It was a weak uh, draft, but still. When when I paid attention, man, I remember all of their terrible, like, draft picks. There was Trajan Langdon from Duke. Remember the three-point shooter from Duke back in the day? Luke Jackson from Oregon. Uh, Chris Mims. They actually drafted Brendan Haywood, and then, uh, like, Chris Mim was drafted after, and then they swapped with, I think it was Orlando at the time, or Washington, one of the two, um, and got Chris Mim instead of uh, Brendan Haywood. Uh, 
God, there's some obviously Anthony Bennett. They Dion had, Waiters. Yep, Dion Waiters. That that was all injuries. He got injured and all that. Um Oh no, the, no, Dion Waiters was the bigger guy that he just ate himself out of the league. No, I'm thinking was, of a Dion uh, Waiters was a guard. He yeah, was, yeah, I know, but he was he got big. <laughs> he, <laughs> but he was decent. He played in the NBA for a little bit. No, the one I was thinking of was Dewan Wagner. From Memphis, I think it was. And he was the one who was always injured. Um, Zagana Jop, big center. He played uh, for the Cavs and, and Dallas. Yep, I liked him. No, Andre I just liked Miller. Him. Yep, Andre Miller was probably my favorite Cav. Still is. I thought but that was Wesley Person. Both of them. I liked both of them. Lamont Murray. I love, the, I love those old, like... Uh, late 90s uh, Cavs teams that I paid attention to and I could literally nobody wanted to go down there and I could get tickets for like 10 bucks or they give them away to the schools for like a reading program and you get like free free tickets and stuff when they had like Ricky Davis and Darius Miles and uh, you remember uh, Bob Sura and Chris Mills oh yeah Chris Mills yep I had a Chris Mills jersey actually Bob Sura, Derek Anderson, Danny Ferry was on there. He was a GM there for a couple years. I forgot um, one. Zadrunas Olgowskis. Yep. He he started off bad because he kept breaking his foot, but he actually became a really good player there. Um, like around the LeBron era is when like before that. And then the one that pisses me off still the most, he was a great player, but he screwed the Cavs over was Carlos Boozer. Yeah. When he when he did his whole contract thing, and they let him out of his contract on like a a handshake deal that he was going to re-sign with them, and then he's like, eh, no, I'm going to go to Utah, and just completely screwed us. Um, he's still hated here for that. Um, yeah, there's there's just so many different ones. Vitaly Potapenko. Yep, Vitaly Potapenko. I liked him. I didn't like him, but I remember playing. Um, NBA Live, like, 95 or 96 on my computer with him. So I'd always had him. And, yeah, there was all kinds of uh, all kinds of guys on that team, like Cedric Henderson, Lamont Murray, Sean Kemp, Terrell Brandon. Like, there's so many guys that I could just keep naming off. One of my favorite Cavs, too, was Brevin Knight. Remember him? Point guard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. Um, I, always, I always liked point guards. That was always, like, my... My position of choice. So I, um, when they got Andre Miller, that was definitely my favorite player. Probably still, still my favorite Cavs player um, that I that I've uh, had. But I had a lot of jerseys too, because like I said, I was big in the basketball until uh, 2011 when it got ruined. But uh, like I had a Booby Gibson jersey, Le- obviously LeBron. Everybody had a LeBron jersey. I had Chris Mills. I had an uh, authentic Andre Miller jersey. So, yeah, I had all that stuff, and obviously I'm a Michael Jordan kid, grew up in all that, so Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. You're not going to argue me on that one. He's the greatest. So, All right, what about yours? No, that was it. It was the Kyrie Irving. Oh, the Kyrie Irving. Turned into America's favorite uh, Cleveland Cavaliers draft history for the last fifteen mi- minutes. Well, you don't you don't have one for, like, the Blue Jackets or the Sixers? I know you liked the Sixers back then, or? Honestly, no, because the Blue Jackets have largely been screwed in the lottery. Basically, yeah, so the Red Wings. Yeah. It it's the memories of uh, just sitting back and watching, you know, especially Columbia. when they're watching the Penguins get 
Malkin and Crosby back to back years, you know, and you're right. like, yeah, they, the Penguins haven't sucked in like 25 years, and they go through a, a a short spell where they stink, and it's like they literally hit two Hall of Famers, you know? Yep. Well, that's so, like Columbus got screwed this year in the draft. I think they had the second best odds and fell back to third, and they're not going to get uh, Connor Bedard, who's like the next, you know, Austin Matthews, basically, or, um, Frantilia is another really good player that's coming out. So Columbus loses out on two potential superstars again. Now there's still good players there at number three, but it's not um, it's not like those two. So that sucks. No, and, it's, and they have, um, you know, they have always, always pretty much stunk at drafting. So they really haven't yeah. been given a layup. The only time they've picked in the top, you know, the top spot was when they got Rick Nash. Yeah. But that's it. Every other pick, they've fallen outside of the lottery. They've ended up picking second one time. And that was, I believe, 2011 or 2012. But it was a bad draft. Like, it didn't have yeah, any. of course. It didn't have any studs. They got Ryan Murray in the set the second pick. And then all their other spots, like 2016. They had the third pick. The first two picks were Austin Matthews and Patrick Liney, who they still have Patrick Liney now, but they had to trade for him. Right. And so, like, they get they get screwed by a spot. I remember 2010, they definitely got screwed. Mm. Uh, they ended up falling all the way to fourth, and they actually didn't end up with a bad player. They drafted Ryan Johansson, who actually ended up having an okay career. But yeah. just some of these other drafts was like – you know, they, they just missed it out by a spot. Um, a couple one, of them, they've, they've fallen far. They got 20, 2003. Uh, they drafted Nikolai Zherdev, if you remember him. Yeah. And he was really good for a short period of time. And uh, then he faded out of the league, had some, like, off-the-ice problems and stuff. And, of course, the Thomas Vanek went right after him, and he's had a great career. So you did, it just it just has never worked out. They've never been handed the, you know, oh wow, they have a top two pick in a draft where it's just obvious. It's always just been an uphill battle. The one that pisses me off for hockey is a couple years ago. The Red Wings won a game or two at the end of the season that took them from the third spot to the fourth spot in uh, the draft order. Yeah, it's like Columbus. They won their second last game this year. They had the lowest odds and they fell to, they fell to yeah. second. Yeah, so so if they fell from uh, third to fourth, and New Jersey moved up to third, and who does New Jersey end up getting? They win the lottery. They get Jack Hughes. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Like Detroit would die to have Jack Hughes right now. And yeah, we got screwed on that one too. We ended up we ended up sticking at four. We got Lucas Raymond, who's a good player, but not Jack Hughes. Yeah, uh, this is fun to look back. I mean the. I, yeah, I, I brought this up because of the Spurs. The Spurs won the draft lottery the other night, and they're getting this. I don't even, I don't forget how to say his name, but you know the next, aka LeBron James or that type of talent. Like I, I know Chris Broussard's a, a moron, but he was saying that if if this guy is not as good, or if he's not better than Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Hakeem Olajuwon. And somebody else really good that he's a bust. Like, 
you just named four Hall of Famers, and if he's not better than those guys, he's a bust? Like, are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, here's another. This was the very first year I remember this. The Jackets and Minnesota both came into the NHL the first the first season together. Mm-hmm. And so they essentially had a lottery to see who would get the – they couldn't get the first or second pick, but they yeah. had a lottery of who would get the third or fourth pick. Yeah. And of course, the Jackets lost the coin flip, and Minnesota took Marion Gabrick, who had a great career. Yep. And the Jackets took who? You remember Rostislav Klesla? No. no. Okay, well, the, the point was they could have had Marion Gabrick, who had like a 1,000 points in his career, and the Jackets did a nobody. I think it was 2014. I remember watching it, and I think Columbus was 9 and Detroit was 10. And you guys took Sonny Milano, and then we got Dylan Larkin. So that worked out. Yes, Columbus picked 16th, and Detroit picked 15th. So you took Dylan. Larkin oh, okay. Was, yeah, so we got we got lucky on that one. Thought it was like 9 and 10, but yeah, it was different. Yep, right in front of them. Yep. So that was good. That was good going through some uh, NBA and NHL lottery history. That's a good question. Thank you. Yep, no problem. All right, guys. Well, that is it for uh, this week here on America's Game. Make sure you guys are um, subscribing to the Patreon, all uh, patreon.com slash all gas, the newsletter that comes out every week, all the other podcasts on the channel, a lot of great content on there um, that post every single day, you know. Destination Dynasties on there, Ike and Gene, Adam and Mike, Chase and Cody, all those guys are on there. So make sure you guys check them out every single week on there. Obviously, we still got Wake Up going every Monday and Wednesday. I think it's going right now uh, on YouTube in the mornings with Ray and, and Jay Rich and those guys. So yeah, just make sure you guys are checking them out. Um, you can follow me at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter, and also make sure you guys follow the uh, podcast at America's Game Pod as well. Always posting when the show goes up, any kind of little notes or anything um, on there. I'm going to try and get a little more active on my personal Twitter, just kind of like posting some things and kind of see what kind of interactions I get with that on some uh, some of my thoughts. So I might start doing that here soon as well. And then, uh, yeah, Scott, what do you want to plug? What do you want to talk about? Maybe uh, Destination Dynasty coming up on Monday. What do you got? So this week I'm going to do like just a Q&A show. I got a couple follow-up questions that I wanted to cover and just a couple topics that I think will lead into some future discussions. So it'll just be a Q&A show. Last week was pretty intense, like an hour and a half long episode talking about the warp. So we'll definitely be doing more warp stuff, but this week will kind of just be a Q&A. Had a couple questions that I've got via Twitter that I asked the person, can I share this on the show? Just because it was a something that I think will be a, a good thing that leads into a, a bigger discussion that we can have down the road. So just be a Q and a show, just some random thoughts from me and uh, yeah, that'll be it. All right, sweet. All right. So next week guys for episode number 46, uh, have a good weekend and we'll see you.